You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 817 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland coming to you on a Monday into Tuesday. It's Labor Day as I record this, and as you may have noticed, my audio is not the crispest in the world, but uh, hopefully I'll be returning to my home studio in short order, but I want to get the podcast to you on this Monday into Tuesday. Also, if you missed anything from the previous shows, we had a special edition on Monday with Robbie Cowland talking about the Eastern Conference Playoff Series, some Mike Budenholzer talk, some Giannis talk, uh, Celtics-Raptors, etc., etc. That was a lot of fun, sort of a loose weekend holiday podcast. And previous to that, we had all the kinds of draft content, Zach Hood, Tower Jones, etc. joining us. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell a friend about the show. And thank you, as always, for joining us today. On the agenda, a solo podcast, obviously, as you probably noticed by now. But uh, first things first, there was a, uh, I'm not sure if this is news or not, but on Friday, the good folks at NBA 2K released their new game for 2021. And uh, with the new release of games uh, becomes, there's this uh, phenomenon about the ratings and player ratings this year, sort of strange. I'm not the biggest gamer, just for everybody to understand that coming in, but there's this cottage industry when talking about NBA player ratings and NBA 2K. And honestly, usually the game's dropping in August, but usually there's this stretch of time when that's kind of the only thing or one of the only things dominating the NBA content wheel is uh, they, they kind of slowly leak player ratings to draw up interest, etc. This time around, obviously, it's coming out in the middle of the playoffs. All kinds of things are crazy in the world, and this is not the biggest deal in the world, but it's just one of those things that came out. So people were talking about it. We did a post, or I should say Zach did a post at peacetreehoops.com um, with my consent, and we talked about the Hawks ratings. And uh, yeah, it'll change because you know the draft will happen, free agency will happen, player movement will happen, and uh, I've been told by some people that pay attention closer to this than I do about the game. There'll probably be some updates on the ratings, etc. between now and then, but the new game did come out. So here we go on that. People were asking me to talk about it a little bit more after I made a comment on Twitter about how bad they were, and I will say that for the Hawks. They are so bad. I did not study the entire league. I'll be honest with you about that, but they are really bad. Uh, annually, this is always pretty bad if you pay attention closely to one team or one team or another, and I would say this again, 2K range should not be taken too seriously in any way, but there are some, uh, there's always some wild misses. This is no different. I'm going to read you quickly the Hawks list of ratings. This is on a 1 to 100 scale, although most guys are between, you know, the mid-60s and 100, obviously. Uh, Trey Young at the top at 88 overall, John Collins 85, Clint Capella 82, Jeff Teague, who is a free agent, of course, as a 78, DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter, 75 each, Scalabissier, also a free agent, 74. Damian Jones, circle that one. Uh, he's a free agent at 74. And then Cam Rush, 73. Bruno Fernando, 73. DeAndre Bembry, another free agent, 73. Dwayne Dedman, 72. Travion Graham, 71. Another free agent there. Brandon Goodwin, 71. And Charlie Brown bringing up the rear at 70 overall. So we'll go one by one here. I have a couple of <laughs> a couple of things to weigh in on, but people were asking, so here we are. Uh, first, Trey Young, 88 overall. Now, I'll, I'll say this. I saw some Hawks fans upset that he was only an 88, quote-unquote. I candidly don't have a take on that. Uh, like I said before, I'm not a huge, I'm not the hugest gamer, so I'm only going like, basically, I the way that I evaluate these ratings is kind of compared to another, to other players and kind of how, where they are in the hierarchy. Um, Trey, I guess, at 88 might be low. I'm not really sure how that all breaks down, but I will say this: he's tied for 18th highest in the NBA overall, and that in itself does seem 
pretty reasonable to me. Now, he could be better than that, obviously, this coming season, but even if even if 88 is too low, you know, having him as number 18 or number 19 or number 21 in the league, something like that, is not crazy by any means based on what he did this year. I know the offense is better than that for sure, in my opinion, but the defense brings it down a little bit, etc. No outrage for me, but uh, yeah, he's the best player on the team. That makes sense. And tied for 18th in the league does also kind of line up. Uh, as for John Collins, he's in a nine-way tie <laughs> between 36 and 44 in the NBA. So basically a top 40-ish player at 85 overall. Again, I'm not concerned with the overall ratings. I don't really know what it, that all lines up to be. But you know, that, I think that's kind of reasonable for where he is as a top 40-ish player in the league. He is behind some guys that I think he should not be behind, like DeMar DeRozan or Nikola Vucevic. Those guys are not as good as John Collins, in my opinion. But it's not completely outrageous. It's uh, kind of middle of the pack of what you might think based on what you would uh, consider going into next year. Uh, Click Capella is in a group that has him rated in like the mid to low 60s in the league's hierarchy. That's probably a little bit too low, if anything, but it's not completely ridiculous also. And he has the injury concern um, looming from last year. No outrage at all from there. Now, with the, with the top three out of the way, the rest of this kind of gets off the rails in a hurry. Um, Jeff Teague being fourth highest is not great, number one. Uh, Jeff is someone I've always liked, but at this point in time, Jeff is either a very, very low-end starter or a good backup, and he was not very good this last year. He's a free agent, I understand by that, but he is not the fourth. He, even if they re-signed him, he would not be the fourth, fourth, fourth best player on the team. Um, it's just too high for him, uh, just in terms of where he currently ranks in the NBA's hierarchy. Um, from there, you have Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter at 75 each. Feels a touch too low to me. Um, Herter is behind Miles Bridges and the same for Chandler Hutchinson. Uh, that's kind of silly, obviously, in, the, in, his, in his same draft class. Um, I get it with Hunter to some extent as a rookie, but I don't really care too much. Uh, those guys are like sort of off the radar when it comes to national consciousness, so I'm not shocked by that. But, uh, but probably a little bit both uh, on the lower side for those two guys. Um, the, the comical one is Cam Reddish when it, when it comes to comparisons with Scal and Damian Jones in particular. You know, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to come and tell you that Cam's numbers this year as a rookie were good because they they weren't. But he was obviously much better second half of the season. I still believe very much in Cam Reddish. Um, maybe not to the crazy extent that some Hawks fans do, which I totally understand. It's your guy. Um, but with that said, it's absolutely ridiculous that he is this low, especially when you factor in his defense from his rookie season. Um, having Cam be rated behind Daniel Gafford in his same class is just lunacy in every way. He's, he has the same rate, he has the same rating as Bruno Fernando, which is silly, obviously. Nick Claxton has the same rating from the draft. Um, I know Cam struggled early on, but that was it's just crazy to see him um, in that spot. And I said this on Twitter, but the single most outrageous thing is Damian Jones being a 74. I don't, I don't want to pile on Damian Jones too much, but in general, even in a vacuum, that's way too high. Damian is not a very good basketball player right now. Offensively, he does bring something to the table, but defensively, it's a mess. Etc. We've gone over Damian ad nauseum on this podcast, but him having a better rating in a Hawks context than uh, Cam and even Dwayne, even Dwayne Dedman, um, honestly, even Bruno. <laughs> Bruno's probably better than Damian. But regardless, uh, Cam and Cam and Dwayne being behind Damian is just it's just there's no world in which that makes sense. Frankly, uh, Dedman's also like incredibly low. Uh, I actually probably understand Cam's rating more than Dedman's. Um, and they're both wrong, but Cam's at least a rookie, and his numbers were not great. Dwayne Devin was a starting Cowboy center for two straight years. I know he's kind of bad last year, but to have him as a 72 behind Bruno, 
behind Scal, behind Damian Jones, just doesn't make any sort of sense. I know he was not good this year, but come on, uh, let's, let's 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 be a little bit serious here. Um, <laughs> I know Scal is a favorite of Hawks Twitter as well. Um, Scal is a talented guy, but there's no way he is a better basketball player right now than Cam or Dwayne Debin. Regardless, um, yeah, that's kind of all I have on takes. Uh, it's people want my opinion, so I shared it with you. But you know, NBA 2K ratings are not to be taken too seriously. There's all kinds of things. I can go down, I can go down the uh, NBA list over and over again. I was joking with some people on Slack about some of the other ratings that were non-Hawks related. I'll leave, I'll leave that out for now. But if you want to go down the list, uh, 2KRatings.com has the full listing if you don't if you do not have the game itself but uh, there are some gold mines when it comes to ridiculous ratings in there if you want to entertain yourself in the middle of this off season for the Hawks so there you go on that you know NBA 2K for entertainment purposes only etc cetera, etc cetera. and that is all that I have on that particular topic okay before we get to the rest of the podcast today a word from our sponsors on today's show and the first of which is rockauto.com one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money. They can use it for other important things like paying the mortgage or putting food on the table. And with that said, why choose? Up, why would you choose up to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same exact auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Instead, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. It's just a much, much better option, whether it's for your daily commuting car or a joyride on the weekends. Rockauto.com is everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Chain stores have different, have different price tiers for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everyone, and they are always the lowest prices possible. The rockauto.com catalog is also very easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. rockauto.com is for everyone and does not require membership or an account login of any kind. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always low and always reliably the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for these same exact auto parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. From there, you went right locked on in your How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today's podcast is also brought to you by DoorDash. You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and somebody else in the group is craving dessert, but fortunately there's something right, right now for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door, and ordering is so easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with your new contactless delivery set off setting as DoorDash aims to keep communities safe. DoorDash has over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and Puerto Rico, you can support your local go-to restaurants or choose from your favorite national chains. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when downloading the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That is $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that is code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, and back to the podcast Thanks, as always, to our sponsors on the show. Um, a couple of mailbag-ish questions to get us out of here. They're sort of combined, but this is a topic of conversation. I know I talked about this with Robbie a little bit on Sunday into Monday about the Milwaukee Bucks, but uh, as you might expect, uh, the Bucks became a topic of conversation um, when, it comes, when it comes to the Hawks as well. And I got two mailbag questions that I'm going to roll into one. I'll read them both to you now. One came, one came from Darren on Twitter who says, Brad, it's time. Get the train rolling. Giannis to the Hawks. Trey can help him close games instead of Middleton. Do we have time for a hypothetical on the podcast? <laughs> That's always fun. And the second one was from Abdul uh, via email, actually, to the LockedOnHawks at gmail.com. That's LockedOnHawksGmail.com. Uh, Twitter account, uh, not Twitter account, I should say email account to get us uh, long-form questions. And the question here from Abdul, if the Bucks get swept by, get swept by Miami, which, they did, which that didn't happen, but if they lose to Miami, we'll say, 
we can probably expect some sort of fire sale from Milwaukee, right? Could or should the Hawks sell the farm for a guy like Chris Middleton? Now, this is really interesting. Obviously, I'll start with Giannis first. Everyone knows Giannis um, is someone that every team in the league would want. Um, yeah, it's kind of the broad take on Giannis is that everyone would want Giannis. Now, we discussed this a little bit with Robbie, but it's a situation where could he ask out? Absolutely. Could he demand out? Absolutely. I, I think Giannis is not the kind of guy necessarily it's going to demand a trade, but he certainly could. That would not surprise anyone, or at least it shouldn't surprise anyone if Giannis asks out. Um, but if he doesn't, or even if he does, Milwaukee still might elect to keep Giannis uh, through the end of next season. He's not he's not a free agent this summer, um, or slash fall, whatever we're in now. But they could. He is He's the kind of player where it actually might make sense to run it back. Hope you win the title, um, a la Kawhi. And uh, maybe he changes his mind, or maybe you just win the title and he leaves. Regardless, though, Giannis is the number one talking point in the entire NBA, probably, at the moment. Um, as for the Hawks... Could they trade for Giannis? Sure, they could. Um, you know, teams, every team in the league almost would have some sort of offer into Milwaukee for Giannis, I'd imagine. The Hawks have a very, very uh, competitive offer if they wanted to make it for Giannis, especially if they were to include this year's draft pick. Um, it's basically everyone but Trey would be available, I would imagine, um, just because I'm not sure, you know, if it came down to it uh, and you can get Giannis to sign an extension, you would probably trade Trey for Giannis. But uh, regardless, even if you didn't do that, everyone but Trey would be available for a trade for, for Giannis. That includes Cam Reddish. I know people will want to make Cam untouchable. There's some there's some form of uh, Hawks Twitter or Peace Hoops comments that want to make Cam untouchable. If it's for Giannis, you trade anybody that's not Trey. Um, so between all the young players they have, Cam, DeAndre, uh, Kevin Herter, John Collins, Clint Capella, um, plus the draft picks. This year's this year's pick has huge value, obviously. Next, year, next year's pick and a loaded draft would have some real value. Uh, they could make a, one heck of an offer to Milwaukee if Milwaukee is elected to trade Giannis. Now, again, there are other teams that would be very, very uh, interested in this kind of proposition, um, and would depend on what the Bucks wanted ultimately. So you have to. Get, there's a lot of ifs, I would say, to get the Hawks into the mix for Giannis in any kind of meaningful way. But if they wanted to go with a young player slash draft pick kind of offer, few teams if any, have the same assets as Milwaukee. Maybe like, there's a couple teams that have like war chests of draft picks and young players, but the Hawks have a pretty interesting crop of young guys, especially if the Bucks were interested in Collins or Reddish or whoever you want to say as their crown as their crown jewels. They have. The Hawks have a pretty interesting package if they wanted to go all in. I would expect Giannis to not be traded, frankly. He certainly could be, and if he was, you know, would the Hawks have a chance? Surely would. It just depends on what else is available out there. And Milwaukee would have an interesting decision to make because honestly, sneaky, sneakily, Milwaukee is kind of old. If you look at the way that you know a lot of teams are constructed, Giannis is still actually probably younger than people realize that he is. But there's a lot of uh, older players, I would say, on the Milwaukee Bucks roster, and as a result of that, they might want to pivot to a rebuild if Giannis leaves more so than actually trying to stay good. Because you know, if Giannis was just gone, Milwaukee would probably be pretty good still, at least in the regular season but not, not good enough to actually threaten and probably too good. They'd be in that purgatory realm, which every NBA team wants to avoid. So, yeah, uh, the question is a funny one for sure, and I appreciate everybody asking about Giannis. There's a couple of these, but I picked out the best one. Um, but just keep that in mind. Everyone's going to want him. Could the Hawks get him? Sure they could. I just uh, It's probably the last time I'll talk about the hypothetical on Giannis unless something actually changes. As for the second question with regard to Chris Middleton, that is pretty interesting too. Now, if, they, if Giannis were to... Re-up and sign the huge extension in Milwaukee. 
Uh, that would take him off the board, obviously. Uh, Middleton, you know, with regard to a fire sale, Middleton is their second-best player. He was an all-NBA-level player this year. He was really, really, really good. I know Middleton is not the biggest name in the world, but this is a guy who averaged 21 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists a game. Had uh, He shot 50% from the floor, 41.5% from 3, and 91.6% from the free-throw line. So he's basically a 50-40-90 guy this year. He was incredibly good. Best year of his career by a long shot. And we saw in Game 4 when they came back to beat uh, Miami, that he is the kind of guy who can go off. Um, he has that sort of traditional old-school profile of mid-range. He's a really good shooter. He can, create, he can create for himself. He's not the greatest athlete in the world. He's not the greatest ball handler in the world. He's an okay passer, pretty good passer, but not someone who's going to like be explosive necessarily. But still, Middleton, by all counts, was a top like 30 player in the league this year. He was that, he was that good. Now, with all that said, he is 29 years old. He just he just turned 29 um, in August, so he's not an old 29, but um, he's now under contract for a long, long time. Middleton uh, is owed $33 million for next year, $35.5 million for 20, 21-22, $37.9 million for 22-23, and then $40.3 million with a, that's a player option, I should say, in the 2023-24 season. So basically, beyond this year, Middleton has four years and uh, you know, so upwards of 140 plus million guaranteed. That's a lot of money for Chris Middleton. Uh, he's worth that if he's this player. If he's the guy he was this year, he actually is worth 35 million dollars a year. He is, he was that good this year. But at his age, you can't really project that moving forward. So, at the very least, he's probably a neutral contract. Could the Hawks get him? Sure, they could. Uh, would they want to? Is a different question. He is obviously um, better than everyone on the roster, other than Trey. Um, he's even better than Collins at this moment in time, probably. Uh, Collins is younger, of course. But Middleton, this year anyway, was so good that uh, it's worth paying attention to. Still, he is older. He's a lot older than all the core guys, um, with the exception of Capella, who he's still older than. Um, so keep that all in mind. Would they, If you can get Chris Middleton for a reasonable price, you still probably want to do it. But four years for a 29-year-old, it might end kind of badly. And I'm not sure he's going to put you over the top if you're a team like the Hawks. So if it's a fire sale, if you're Milwaukee, which I can't imagine it would be, the only way that um, they fire sale Middleton would be if Giannis is gone uh, and they want to just tear the whole thing down. And if that's the case, Middleton could be interesting, but he's still probably a little bit older than you would want. If you can get him, you can get him. That's totally fine. He makes the Hawks a lot better. He'd be their best wing by a wide margin right now. Um, all that all that stuff. He actually fit quite well on a team with Trey and the other guys they have. He doesn't have to have the ball. Um, he's a pretty decent defender. Not, not a great defender, but not a terrible one either. So, yeah, I mean, Middleton is not a guy I think is going to be available anytime soon. And if he was, you have to at least worry a little bit about, about the contract. But throw him in the in the group of guys um, that we've always talked about on this podcast of uh, trade targets. He's obviously older than your, than your Donovan Mitchell types, your Devin Booker types, but he's also potentially more available. I think Mitchell was the popular name. I'd say the number one popular name in terms of trade targets for Hawks fans that I saw on uh, on Twitter and things before the bubble, but Donovan was so good in Orlando, plus he's going to get the max attention, I'm almost sure, from Utah that I can't imagine he's actually going to be available. Same with Booker. Uh, I can't imagine him getting out now without actually like, publicly demanding a trade, etc. So the some of the top guys that, that we've always talked about are not exactly great fits. Middleton, I can't imagine being traded without a full-scale tear, tear down from Milwaukee, but there you go. On that, I answered the question, and uh, lots of Bucks fire sale talk in the last two days <laughs> from me on the podcast. Okay, that'll probably do it for today. A little bit shorter, I know, but it's it's Labor Day. I gave you the extra show on Monday. I'm trying to keep the uh, coffers full of content, and I wanted to address the uh, couple of questions that I got. I do have a stockpile coming, but if you have any mailbag questions, please get them to me on Twitter, either DM or on Twitter, or 
but you can actually at the show as well at Locked on Hawks. Or we have that email address again. That's LockedOnHawks at gmail.com. All of those are good places. I'm trying to crank out at least one mailbag per week because of the interesting pandemic situation we're in with the Hawks not playing. Now, I will say the Hawks will be gathering for their um, training camp of sorts, their mini offseason activities of sorts in the next week or so. The full-scale two-week you know, team workout stuff doesn't happen for two more weeks, but they'll be starting to get together a little bit more in the middle of September, so we'll have some content from that, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm not going to be able to watch it because they're going to be sort of in a bubble, but I will have hopefully some content coming from that. Plenty of draft stuff as we looked ahead to the draft, which is still scheduled at this moment in time for five weeks from now. That could change as well, but uh, plenty of uh, interesting stuff to discuss on the podcast. Please subscribe to the show. I appreciate everyone that's already done that, but please go ahead and do that now. Tell a friend or two or three. If they're a Hawks fan, let them know about the show. If they hate it, that's fine, but give, them a, give, give us a chance one time. Check out our sponsors on today's show as well, and we'll see you later on in the week.